Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Well, good morning, good people. Welcome to A to Z Sports Live. Presented by Texas Family Fitness. Streaming live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. I am your host, Will Skywalker Steele. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And we have a fire show today. Going to be talking about Dalton Schultz's development and to see if he is a priority or a luxury heading into this free agency. And if he is a luxury, you know, decide to bring him back. We'll talk about some free agent, potential free agent tight ends. If they elect to go that route, they may not. And we'll talk about that a little bit. But before we do that, we've got to touch on that Mike McCarthy interview from the Rich Eisen show. Excuse me. That'll be a part of the first half of the show. Again, we've talked about a lot of what essentially McCarthy was saying without saying it all the way, if you know what I mean. I'll play a little bit of that audio, but you can you can tell McCarthy uh, is frustrated. You can tell he I, I, he's not going to come out and say it directly, but I don't think he was all for how Jerry came out a, a few weeks ago and talked about the coaching and whatnot. So uh, that was pretty much the hot topic yesterday on Twitter and, and the Twitter sphere and around Cowboys Nation was Mike McCarthy's interview. Some people didn't quite understand it. Some people saw right through that and understood exactly. So we'll try to to decipher a little bit uh, of what he said. And I think it needs to be brought up because he's he can tell he's going to be scapegoated. You can feel it. You can see it. You can you can hear it in his voice that he got snip snipped and he's trying to fight back as best he can in, in the most respectful way that he can to defend himself. Um, he talks about the landscape a lot here. And I find it so interesting because McCarthy, unlike Jason Garrett, is not the sharpest tool in a shed when it comes to the media. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Like McCarthy's more real, in my opinion. JG's more robotic. He knew how to sidestep the minefield that uh, the Joneses would lay down. Sometimes he'd fall on those mines for the Joneses. That is Jason Garrett. Whereas McCarthy, Pittsburgh bred, you know, he he's straight from the hips. He don't he doesn't, you know, mess around. He don't know how to sugarcoat things. And I thought in this interview, he didn't sugarcoat. And somebody said, dead man walking on Twitter when I posted about it. And it kind of feels that way. It kind of does. Um, I respect McCarthy for, for you know, coming out and saying his piece about the situation. But he also said in the interview, I wish I didn't have to do this. Unfortunately, when you're in Dallas, you do. And that, until it changes, will always remain the problem. So when people want to throw out certain players and things like that, we all know it starts from the top. But if you didn't see the interview, I'll drop a little bit of it. Not going to play the entire thing. It's it's really like a 20-minute interview, but there's like an eight-minute segment where he talks a lot about the landscape, about the Quinn situation, about uh, Sean Payton. I'll probably pay, play maybe three or four minutes of it. Uh, but, yeah, you got to listen to that thing. It's, it's very interesting, and 
Uh, I wish I had my guy Jesse on this morning. I should have told him to come in because he had some great words about it. Uh, we were talking earlier this morning, and uh, I'll try to get him on later this week. But it's uh, only in Dallas. Only in Dallas. That's all I can say. Only in Dallas. <laughs> Jeez. But what's going on, Cowboys Nation, man? Let me get some shout-outs real quick. Uh, Michael H.C., Burleson, Fresh Fade, TC915, Alpha Mason, uh, Stevie Mac, The Mod God, uh, Esther B, Professor O. What's going on, Professor O? Nisi, uh Truck Cooking. with Oh, Trucker's Life. What's going on, Trucker's Life? I see uh, every time you tag me on Twitter with your food, I instantly get hungry. So when you're in the Dallas area and you're cooking from your truck, please hit me up. Please. Marcelo B., uh, Vernon in the building, James, Gary B. Vernon said he only want to talk about. Well, Vernon, if you don't want to talk about the tight ends today, brother, yeah, come back tomorrow. <laughs> Matt Goddix and over on Facebook, Roger Smith, Peter Rizzo, Chuck P., uh, Lance Bell, Cedric Batts, Oscar Sullivan, Kenneth Banks, my guy CJ Richards, uh, and many more coming through. Appreciate you guys. And uh, I think we're going to have a good show today, good fun show today. And if you want to call in, you can 351 351- Nine 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 three seven eight seven. Give your input on Dalton Schultz on potential tight end targets that we'll talk about. Some cat boy t- targets, and then a target of mine, which isn't necessarily a cat boy because he's going to be above that market value uh, that they set. Um, but I think that he'd be a, a really good addition to the team. So, you guys make sure you stick around for that. What's up, Doc Holiday, Anthony Moore, Mo- Mosley, Nelroy, Jetson, DC, D Block, eighty eight, Marcus Ball. Appreciate you guys coming through. Pops in the building. Appreciate you coming through. Let's get this show on the road. And like I said, we're going to start off in the roundup is essentially this Rich Eisen interview uh, with Mike McCarthy. So hold tight. For those who didn't hear it, we'll play a little bit of it uh, for you. So let's do it. It is time for it's time for the morning roundup round them up boys. This is a morning roundup presented by Texas family fitness, a solution for your fitness. Go strive for progress, not perfection. Fitness goals are accomplished with one workout progress, a uh, progress towards your goals with Texas family fitness. Make sure you check out any of the nine locations in the DFW area or visit Texas family fitness now, again, I kind of briefly went over some of what McCarthy said. I'm going to let you listen to it yourself. Don't take my word for it. It's just my opinion on how the tone that I took from it. Um, you guys can can decipher it for yourself. And it's not the whole thing, so you guys can go on and see it. But for me, you, you can hear it in this man's voice that he's been unsullied. And that he doesn't have an army behind him. If you guys don't know what that means, again, go check it out. Game of Thrones. He's been unsullied. And he's he's still trying to show that, hey, now, I might have been unsullied, but I'm a man, god dang it. <laughs> he might not have a whole gang of an army behind him, but he's going to try his best to speak his piece. Um, I think he's just annoyed, though, with the non-football stuff when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys. And he talks about some of that. So, I'm going to let you guys listen to a few minutes of it, so just bear with me. Uh, This isn't going to be your normal morning roundup, all right? 
part of the criticism coming your way seems to be in a veiled way from the uh, the man who signed your checks, uh, to be very honest with you, uh, Jerry Jones, in a story written on DallasCowboys.com, uh, was talking about Dan Quinn coming back to your fold and mentioning how Sean Payton and Jason Garrett um, stuck around uh, for a long time as assistants in Dallas because, quote, Every one of those three coaches have said they'd love to be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. So my point is that has, in my mind, a lot of logic as to why they might not take a job now rather than one or wait and see how the cards go in the future. Uh, the follow-up question was uh, kind of obvious. Like, what about your current head coach, Mike McCarthy? And the quote was, Mike knows that someday somebody other than him will be coach of the Cowboys. Uh, what do you think about that supposition, Coach Mike McCarthy? So we, we have an hour, correct? <laughs> um, the, t- the floor no, is yours. I, the time's yours, as Andy Reid might say in the media. So what do you think? Well, I think it's, you know, I think it's a number of things. I mean, I think number one, you know, I think it's, you know, every landscape in this league is different. You know, I've, I've been very fortunate to, to work at, you know, two of the premier organizations um, in pro football. And you know, and they're and they're all different. So, and and I think clearly, in this you know, in, in this situation, you know, the, the way things are, are are done here, there's you know, there's a, a bigger picture focus, and and I've always, frankly, just keep it about about winning, and, and I've always you know, kind of taken the taking a blind eye or blind ear to those things, but but that's you know, that's that's not the that's not the case when you work here. So, I mean, I, I think clearly, uh, when you look at those type of comments, you know, I think you have to understand, you know, the platform where they come from. I mean, you know, I have an excellent relationship with, with Jerry Jones. You know, we, we talk on a regular basis about everything and anything, uh, big picture, um, you know, tight focus on what we're doing, you know, program-wise, you know, and, and more importantly, uh, you know, his biggest interest is, you know, the development of our players, especially our young players. So, I think you, wanted to uh, say you know, as far as what happens next and all that, mm-hmm. I think that's really uh, just part of the landscape. You know, you know, Jerry's the owner, he's the GM, and I mean, he's, you know, he's uh, always taking a 360 degree view of everything. Um, and I think it's like anything in life. You know, we have a lot of one-on-one conversations. Uh, we we discussed all these things. You know, we we um, you know, I never once felt that I was not going to be the head coach moving forward. And 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 frankly. I've been at this long enough. That's that's all I'm focused on, and I think the players, the coaches, football operations is is really is my main hold. I'm the leader of this football team, and I'm about winning, and that's that's all I've ever focused on, and that's all I ever will focus on. And um, are these narratives I'm usual? Absolutely. Um, they're, I've never dealt with anything like this. Um, do I wish I didn't have to come on here and answer questions about it? Yeah, you know. No doubt about it. I wish we were talking about something else, but um, it is part of it's part of our landscape. And mm. um, I, I just think keeping things keeping things real and keeping things focused because at the end of the day, it, it's about the people that you're in charge of. It's about the people you coach, and most importantly, it's about our locker room. And our locker room's about winning. Uh, I love our players. Uh, I love I love what they bring to the table. Uh, you know, I, I got to give him credit. I truly do. Got to give him credit uh, because I think he was respectful in his way of saying, listen, y'all, you know, I'll I'll take heat for my participation in this whole situation in regards to our failure on the season. But what we're not going to do is sit up here and act like 
everything, all the problems with the Dallas Cowboys start with me. I've never believed McCarthy was a bad coach. We've always talked about the fact that he's been snipped the minute he signed on for this job. And again, I think he was under the assumption that, hey, you know, I can get in here and I, and I could be different. It's like, just, you know, when girls date bad guys and say, I can be the one to change them. But I don't think he realized exactly what he was up for. And like most coaches, they don't realize what they're up for when they take this job, unless you're Jason Garrett, because he was he played here. And he's seeing it now, right? Season one, he really didn't feel it like that because season one was the injuries. You had the 6-10 the season. It was just a, a messed up COVID year, things like that. It's not the losing seasons in Dallas that gets you. It's the winning seasons when you don't complete the ultimate goal. Because now we are, as we usually do, have to find a scapegoat. Right? Usually it's the quarterback or it's the coach. Or in this situation, it's both. The quarterback's not going to come out and talk ill about the front office. And I'm not saying McCarthy did that, but McCarthy definitely let you know, I'm about winning. All this other stuff... I'd rather not talk about. I'd rather not deal with. But I understand it's part of the landscape. That is troubling. But we knew that, right? So it's not surprising. I'm just saying it's troubling. Because now your coach is publicly talking about the non-football crap that plays a part in the organization. Jason Garrett was a pro at sidestepping these things. Jason Garrett never had to talk about it. He 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 had this stepson father figure relationship with Jerry. He didn't he didn't deal with that. McCarthy like, hey man, listen, I, I coached at two premier organizations now. They ain't do all this over there. They didn't do all this. It's different over here. I I, I don't I'd rather not deal with this. But I understand it's a part of the landscape. And, I, and again, he said that about four or five different times in this interview. And every single time, I cringed. Because it shouldn't be a part of this landscape. It should not be a part of this landscape. It sounded like a guy who knew he was on his last leg, right? It sounded like a guy who knew he was... A lame duck coach, unless he wins the Super Bowl or gets to one. Listen, I don't mind pressure. I don't I don't mind that at all. And we said that before, right? Like, hey, put the pressure on these guys. Put the pressure on Kellen. Put the pressure on McCarthy. Put the pressure on Dak. Put the pressure on these players. But McCarthy's like, what you're not going to do, though, is make it seem like I'm cool with all this extra stuff. I'm just tolerating it because I'm here. I think he's tired of it. Um, somebody said in the chat, he should try to get himself fired. That you know that won't happen, right? Um, coaches still get need to get paid. He still loves to do what he does. And one thing I didn't show in there was that he brought up Dan Quinn, jokingly, but I, I feel like he was serious. Where he said the narratives about Dan Quinn becoming the head coach and things like that, it was uncomfortable for Quinn to the point where Quinn said, "Hey, man, do you want me to take a job?" What? And McCarthy said, hey, man, 10, 12 years ago, I'd have said, get the hell out of here. I don't want to deal with this. But understand, we need you 
to get to where we want to go. Ladies and gentlemen, this function in Dallas is in that interview. Whether you choose to see it or not, that's a you problem. But the dysfunction is in the interview. We know the dysfunction. But it's so different when the CEO, and I use air quotes, the CEO is talking about the dysfunction publicly. That's not a good look. It's not a good look. Uh, TC said, I feel bad for McCarthy. That being said, I want Peyton. If Mike's got to fall on the sword to get here, so be it. That's what it sounds like, TC915. It sounds like he's going to fall on the sword uh, for Sean Payton. I'm in the middle. I don't know. I don't necessarily feel bad for McCarthy because you signed on for this, bruh. You you lied in your interview, which we've all done. I've been there. I want I told him I could write uh, or I told him I knew how to do Excel. I know the basics, the very basics, but I said I'm an expert at Excel. But all those interview all those jobs I said I knew how to do Excel for, I ain't never have to use Excel. But McCarthy told Jerry he types 82 words per minute. And he only types like 30. <laughs> so I'm not mad at him for lying to get the job, but I don't feel bad for you because you signed up for this. Maybe you should have asked around, right? Maybe you should have talked to some people, some folk, to understand how it goes down in Dallas. As fans, we knew this. What have I been saying, Cowboys Nation, for years, really? Hey, dog. I don't care. You've got to find a way to overcome that. I don't care. Um, and it's not fair. I understand it's not fair, Cowboys Nation. I completely understand that's not fair at all because most organizations, most coaches don't have to do that. But I'm I'm a realist. I understand that this is how it's going to be until something happens. So, find a way. The pressure's on, Cowboys Nation, for you, Mike McCarthy. You got to find a way. But but I'm glad he came out and got a chance to kind of defend himself a little bit. And, and, and pay attention to the interview. When you go back and listen, he kept saying, I'm about winning. The first big meeting he had when he came to Dallas, publicly at least, with the cameras, was we're going to be about winning. He even said something. In, it's about the locker room, meaning he's preaching all this he's practicing all this he's trying to implement a winning culture and we he's not perfect there's there's things he has to get better at right there's a time management with a lot of coaches aren't that great at uh there's the blame game he needs to chill with um uh, there's the, the the discipline which honestly follows whoever the hell comes to dallas but there's the discipline part of the team there's things he's got to deal with he's got to work on but like any successful business it takes everybody from the top to the bottom and there's dysfunction there. man. I thought it was very interesting when he said that Dan Quinn would have took a job if it meant McCarthy would feel better. And a salute to McCarthy saying, listen, man, I ain't scared. And I know we need you. But that is telling. That means Quinn, if Quinn could speak on it, he would. That means Quinn was like, yeah, this is wild, coach. <laughs> this is crazy. I, you know, I've never been a part of this either. Arthur Blank let me do what I needed to do. Pete Carroll, whoever the, you know, he was a defense coordinator, but whoever, I forget the owner over there, because hey, you don't know. You, know, you don't know. 
You know who the owner is here because as he said it, he's the owner, he's the president, he's the general manager. The only organization where it's that way. Really that way. That's a problem. And we know that's a problem. I don't think Quinn knew that was a problem. I don't think McCarthy fully understood it until now because you don't you can't understand it when you're when you're gonna have a losing season the way you had it. There's the expectations were so low. Once Dak went down, he got a mulligan immediately. But when you have a winning season and you fail, somebody's got to get scapegoated. It was a quarterback and a coach initially, and then the coach heard Jerry's comments, and he said, timeout. <laughs> you snipped me already two years ago. What you're not going to do is continue to do so publicly without me speaking my piece. So salute to McCarthy for doing that. Uh, it could. Put, I'm not going to say it's going to get him fired, but I think he understands he's a lame duck coach unless he wins the Super Bowl. Yes, it is the problem, TC915. It is absolutely the problem. It is absolutely the problem. All right, guys, listen. I didn't. I didn't really want to. This could have been an entire show by itself. We could have had guys call, and we, we could have did this thing. It could have. It still can be an entire show by itself. But I really wanted to get back to. Uh, talking about this 2018 draft class that all are free agents and deciding on what to do with them. And and I want to start, not start with, I want to continue with Dalton Schultz in the tight end position. So uh, get your drinks, get your coffee, get your water, get whatever you need to get. Let's take a hard turn and and move the sticks, as they say, uh, to the next part of the show. You're listening to A to Z Sports. Do it live! At some point, hoping to broadcast in front of the millions of Cowboys fans to bring you the real. But for now, strap up and here's your host, Skywalker Steel. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. We'll do it live. We'll do it live! Appreciate y'all Dealing with my soliloquy on Mike McCarthy and Jerry Jones. It's frustrating. Because I don't want to talk about it every day. But we understand the real problem in in, in Dallas. Anyway, let's move forward. Let's move forward. Yeah, Marcus, this is a call-in show. If you want to call in, 351-999-3787. 351-999-37887. Call in. We can talk about whatever you want to talk about. We can talk about that. Or we can talk about what we're about to. And that is one Dalton Schultz in the tight end position, which that position room is interesting. Very interesting. Let's talk about Dalton real quick, y'all. Let's talk about him real quick. He was drafted in 2018. His his rise, if you want to call it, is almost textbook when it comes to development. He was drafted in 2018 in in a draft class where half of them have done this, which has had a career year and a contract year. And he's definitely in line for a big payday. He has 78 receptions, I believe, 809 yards, 10.4 yards per reception, eight touchdowns, and 104 targets. It's a lot of targets. Y'all want to know his market value? $12.6 million. (laughs) You want to know why Dalton Schultz won't be back, Cowboys Nation? That's the reason why he won't be back. 
He costs too dang much. But here's Dalton. He's going to cost too much. But he, but he's played himself into that. It's not because he didn't. He doesn't deserve it. It's because he played himself into that. So he was drafted in 2018 in the fourth round, and he was seen as a a possible Jason Witten replacement, if you remember, who had just retired. But he didn't really see a ton of action until his third season in the league because of the landscape that Mike McCarthy was talking about. That landscape played a factor in him waiting his turn. His rookie year, he only saw 300 snaps, a year where a lot of people remember that 2018 year by wide receiver by committee. But I always try to make sure to tag on, not only was it wide receiver by committee, but it was tight end by committee. And I dubbed them the babyface tight end group. People forget that. You know, we, we, we harp on the offensive woes and we say, well, you know, it was just wide receiver by committee. Well, he didn't really, when I say he, I mean Dak, and the offense didn't really have a pass-catching tight end either in town. Jeff Swain, Dalton Schultz, his rookie season, Blake Jarwin, and Rico Gathers were your tight ends. Just a colossal failure by the front office, and that's what worries me this year if they get rid of certain players, nonetheless. So that was his rookie year. Didn't play much. His second season, you might as well say he didn't play at all. That's when the Cowboys decided to do Dallas Cowboy things. They went out and they got Jason Witten, which was the ultimate progress stopper, in my opinion. And they decided to kind of roll with Blake Jarwin. Not only was it a progress stopper for Dalton Schultz, it was, it was a progress stopper for Blake Jarwin. We could have saw what these guys had much sooner. Schultz was essentially shut out that year. I only had two targets, and Jason Witten played a ridiculous 75% of the snaps, and, and Blake Jarwin was, was your tight end too. It was decided right then and there that Blake Jarwin was a the guy they'd be moving forward with and they signed him to the extension. But in year three, Jarwin tore his ACL, which was the 2020 season. In the first game, and Dalton Schultz, the door was open for him, and he pretty much took off after week one. He started off rocky, though. He had the drop balls in week one, the fumble in week two. But after that, Dalton Schultz turned into a very reliable uh, tight end. 63 receptions, 615 yards, four touchdowns in year three. I thought he showed some toughness. He had some and some hands, showed yak ability, and was a dependable guy. I'm not going to lie. I was out on Dalton Schultz by year three. I said, all right, man, we got to be looking for a tight end uh, once Blake Jarwin went down, because I'm a Blake Jarwin fan. Then he tore his ACL. Year four comes back. Blake Jarwin's trying to work his way back through the ACL. We're not sure if he, who's tight end one. A lot of people were saying it's, it's Dalton Schultz, which I understood. Because year three was really good. He made himself a dependable guy. Some people wanted to draft a certain tight end, which I said, why? You got two really damn good ones. Uh, Listen, I like Kyle Pitts, but would you have taken Kyle Pitts over Michael Parsons right now? Come on. Especially in the offense that had the weapons you had. I thought the tight end position was always a product of the system, not a feature in the system, which is why I never wanted to spend... A, a lot of money on the position, and B, high draft capital on the position. They rolled with Schultz as a tight end one, and the rest is history. I thought that was his best game in week three. Six receptions, 80 yards, and two touchdowns. Dalton Schultz's development was very good, Cowboys Nation. It was textbook. 
it's it's where you praise the coaches in, in the front office when, in regards to a Will McClay for bringing a guy like that and develop, developing them the right way. You could argue, though, they rolled with the wrong guy. I'm not going to be mad at you for that. You could argue they rolled with the wrong guy and they signed one Blake Jarwin. They could run that back. Blake Jarwin and who's the other guy? Sean McEwen. Or they can go with the cat boy free agent tight ends. <laughs> and these are my cat boy free agent tight ends, Cowboys Nation. Mo Ali Cox, Eric Ebron, and OJ Howard are your cat boy free agent tight ends. But before we get into those guys specifically, I want to get to Marcus Hardison. He is on the horn. I think he wants to talk a little bit about uh, what we brought up earlier. Uh, what's up, Marcus? What's going on, bro? What's up, brother? Hey, man, not too much. Uh, Cowboys Nation, go ahead and um, progress over propaganda. Let's go ahead and keep pushing that. Let's make that known because that's that's what it is. But I just want to continue to focus on the incompetence of Kellen Moore. And this is why I don't have any faith in Kellen Moore. The, and it's based on what your what your your show is about. The reason why I don't have any faith in Kevin in Kellen Moore is because his ineptitude in order to in order to get his playmakers to ball is going to basically cost the Cowboys two playmakers. By you focusing on Dalton Schultz and Cedric Wilson and guys like that, although great production, and then you negate someone like an Amari Cooper, who's a bona fide number one receiver. You're having you're helping create the narrative that Amari's not good enough or not good enough to be qualified as a number one, mm. and you've increased Dalton Schultz's value so much that he's priced himself out of Dallas. So now they lose one to free agency, and they lose one as a potential cap casualty. So just let that sink in. Well, so, I would rather target my. I would rather oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, so you believe Dalton Schultz. So, so you so you don't believe Dalton Schultz is an integral part, is what you're saying, and I, I would agree with you if that's what you're saying. Oh no, 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 oh no, 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 no. What I'm saying is, I love Dalton Schultz. Yeah, I like him too, I, I but his, but I, I I don't think I, I here's I think he's are we talking about Dalton? Are we talking about Kellen? Oh no, no, no. We're talking about I'm talking about this is what this is why I don't believe in Kellen because his philosophy has basically cost is going to potentially cost us two. But I'm trying to figure out who your two playmakers. Well, I'm talking about Amari and I'm talking about Dalton because based on stats, okay. Dalton Schultz, Dalton Schultz was considered a playmaker this year, based on previous production, and then a lack of targets this year. Amari Cooper was considered that focal point, but it went from Amari Cooper to Dalton Schultz. So now it looks like Coop's expendable, and Dalton Schultz is too expensive to keep. So you run the risk of losing both of them. See, I'd be cool with, depending how they replace Schultz, I'm fine with losing him. I'm not fine with losing Amari like, I'm, Cooper. I'm cool. I'm cool with it, too. I, <laughs> I do not want to lose Amari Cooper. No. I want to keep Amari Cooper. I believe Dalton Schultz has, did he, he did what he was supposed to do. He's in a contract year, and he balled out. That's what you're supposed to do in a contract year because I would never be mad at anyone for right. getting their bag. Get your bag. But I'm not going to fall in love with you so much and say, you know what? Yeah, we got to pay Dalton Schultz at all costs. And it's like, no. Based on what he does and what he provides, he can definitely be replaced. 
because 100%. with Cooper, he he carries he carries coverage with him, right. whether he's being targeted or not. He he carries the coverage with him. Dalton just don't necessarily do that. So that's all I was saying in regards to that. I hate to see him go. I hate to see any player go, but I want you to get your bag at the same time. But I just don't like the the narrative that's basically being promoted now that Coop is expendable. I, you know what's that's funny, what I I, and I think uh, who, I think it's it's more so the Joneses trying to push that without exactly saying that, right? They're they're basically saying he's too right. expensive. They're they're saying. Again, be, uh, go ahead. Right. No, no. Go ahead. I'm sorry. But no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, it, it's just I don't I don't think logical, smart Cowboys Nation believe he's expendable, right? I mean, I don't know. Maybe somebody in the chat could tell me that Mari Cooper is not, you know, valuable in that sense, and then we can discuss that. But I think most Cowboy fans believe the importance of Amari Cooper, but because of the price tag, and they're going to use that crap, and y'all just saw the article yesterday, the Cowboys can open up a ton of cap space by doing certain things, and we knew that. We talked about that a lot. But but Amari Cooper's value is is, is maybe the most viable player on the offense not named Dak Prescott. Absolutely, and I think they free up anywhere upwards to sixteen million dollars in cap space just by releasing Amari Cooper. Yep. Well, because if yeah, they restructure yeah. him, because if they restructure him, he'll be like a almost a thirty million dollar cap hit like the following year. So it makes more sense financially to just let him go. No, outright. no, no. See, I disagree. I I would restructure him. I would restructure him and, and put money. To, in fact, I'd almost extend him. I think Mark Cooper's what y'all twenty seven. 27? He's, I think he's like 26, 27. I came into the league when he was like 20. Yeah, and he has no more guaranteed money on his contract. So I would spread out the, the base salary, which I think would take it down to like 1 million, all the way down to 1 million, open up some some cap space. He's still good. What are we, what are we acting like he's missing 18 games a year or something? Like Amari Cooper is available. Well, yeah, he's I good. Mean like, Extend him or he spread the cap games. it out. He, he, he plays injured, but he doesn't. He plays injured, but he doesn't miss any games, and his progress isn't really hampered unless you do not target him. So it's not like oh, he's out there dropping balls, not right. running routes or whatever, or he's literally not getting the ball. So you can't. What people fail to realize is that the wide receiver position they're considered divas because it's the most dependent position on the field. Like if the quarterback does not throw them the ball, they do not show any production so you could be a great receiver without targets you just look average yeah i heard i can't remember where it was but they were talking about and we talked about this yesterday maybe it's because they're mm-hmm. looking at the production and the cost and i'm like well how do you ignore what happened in 2020 when he had 92 receptions for 1100 yards with four different quarterbacks with backup quarterback with four backup quarterbacks like how do you ignore that that was just last year it was just last year so it goes back to Scott, it goes back to what we talked about yesterday, man. Propaganda. Like, you're trying to tell me, do you believe me or your lying eyes? That's what they're telling us. Do you believe us or your lying eyes? And I don't like it, man. Like, I don't like the, I don't like that kind of, when you kind of, when you bring that kind of culture. But going back to Dalton Schultz, man, I think he's going to get his bag. I think it's going to be a team Absolutely. desperate enough to give him exactly what, give him exactly what he's asking for. And I want him to get it. I want him to get the bag. I want him to get it. But I just don't like that they're making guys who are basically focal points of this offense, making them look expendable in the name of guys who played and balled out in contract years. 
besides guys who've already shown up what they what they uh pro- I mean what they can do and they've proven what they can do and what they mean to this team. But at the same time, man, again, Sky, thank you so much for providing context because I'm telling you, guys like yourself, you keep Cowboys Nation very balanced. It's not all fandom. It's not all logic. You're right in that in-between. You're right in that gray area where a lot of us are. So we need that context, bro. I appreciate it, brother. Man, salute to you, bro. Thanks, Marcus. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know. It'd be a mistake if they cut cut a mark over. But we we're going to continue to keep talking about that. As for Dalton Schultz, I, again, I'm with him. Go get your bag, Dalton. I, you know, I don't want him to not get paid. I just would rather not pay a tight end. Again, his market value, y'all, is twelve point six million a year. He ain't that kind of player. And, and honestly, to keep it a being, this offense is not that kind of offense. There's certain offenses in in um, Oakland. Oh, I keep saying Oakland. Las Vegas, Kansas City. The Niners, where they feature a tight end, right? Where the tight end is extremely important because they feature them. It's not the case here in Dallas. You you don't need a $12 million tight end. So go get your money, Dalton Schultz. And the question down there, priority or luxury? I believe a luxury, especially at $12 million. And we ain't, we ain't got it like that, in my opinion, to be paying him $12 million. You use that money elsewhere uh, where, where it's needed. They could do a multitude of things. They could keep the tight end room intact. Somebody said, watch, they go out and sign Jeremy Sprinkle. They absolutely could do that. You got Sean McEwen, and you got Blake Jarwin. I wouldn't roll with that, and I'm a biggest Blake fan, but I'm not afraid to admit, hey, it didn't work out. You know, he tore his ACL. He probably still needs to get back right. He tore his ACL, then he messed up his calf or hip, messed up his hip. That was a wrap once he did that for sure. Uh, came back, played like one or two games. I still think he has potential to be a solid uh, tight end in this league. But I would not just sit on that. I would absolutely be a draft or via free agency, try to go out and get one. And if they decide to go via free agency, these are the cat boy free agents. And I saw what you said, uh, Professor O. I'll get to him at the end of this. He wouldn't be considered cat boy free agent. Remember, there's a cat boy criteria. Maybe I should get maybe we should make a shirt or a hashtag. Do they fit or just just say this to yourself when we're looking for agency? Do they fit the cat boy criteria? CBC cat boy criteria. Right side of 30. Injury prone or just coming off an injury. Cheap. They got to fit at least two of those things. If they're all three, you you best believe they are on the Catboy criteria board. You best believe that uh, Stephen Jones is going to Will McClay and saying, hey, you know, this guy right here tore his ACL last year. That's the one. So Mo Ali Cox doesn't fit the injury part. Oh, the talent, too. Remember, you got to have some type of talent. That's another part of it. Mo Ali Cox fixed, fixed those other things. He should be cheap, shouldn't be ex- totally, really expensive. Um, and he probably can come in and play on a one-year deal if they want it. But if not, that's cool, too. But I think Moali Cox is, is a, would be a good fit here in Dallas. Uh, he's 6'5", 267 pounds, big-bodied, physical tight end. Not a guy that's going to blow past you. Um, not a guy that's going to run a 4-4. But he's physical, he's big, and he's a very willing blocker. Okay, If you're looking for a guy who can double as a blocker and a pass catcher as a tight end, I think Mawali Cox is the best on this list. 
by far. By far. And the reason why I wanted to include him is because one of the things that we struggled with this year from the tight end position was consistently being a good blocker. Um, Dalton Schultz started off as a blocking tight end. I think once he became a receiving tight end, I joked about this all year. He was like, ah, that's beneath me right now. You know, I'll get in the way. I'll do it here and there. But for the most part, I, I, I'm a, my bad. Let me fix this. For the most part, I am the tight end one. I am the tight end one. So uh, I'd like, I wouldn't mind a Moali Cox. I don't think it will cost you a ton. How are you feeling about a Moali Cox as, as a cat boy free agent? Again, you can shop at Marshall's and TJ Maxx and find quality, but I don't want to do it all the time. I don't want to do it all the time. Uh, but because this franchise operates in that way, we now as fans, let's try to find that quality within TJ Maxx and Marshall's. And I think Moali Cox would be one. Uh, Kershaw, Kershawn over on Facebook. Schultz is expendable, but Cooper definitely isn't. Uh, I totally agree. Uh, CJ says they pick Mo Ali Cox out of VCU basketball. Yeah, basketball guy, right? Like, uh, listen, he's not. He's not the cat from Baylor. Rico gathers. I think Mo can actually play. Uh, and he's played with multiple quarterbacks. You know, Carson Wentz. He's played with uh, Phillip Rivers. I believe he even played with a little bit. Um, Andrew Luck. Not crazy. T- not, not a lot of big numbers. But enough, in my opinion, to to get on a free agent market and be wanted. Just a matter of how much. There is no market value on Moali Cox, so I don't have any uh, numbers for you. But I would imagine it fall under that Catboy criteria. There, there's about a five million dollar threshold, and that's the high end for the Catboy free agents. And but I think the comfortable end is about three and a half million is where he wants to stay at. And I think you could get more for that. I do. Uh, the guru says this Schultz lack of block can get worse or more exposed as he became a starter. I, I want to say, I feel like it got worse. I don't know if he, if he got exposed. I feel like when you come into this league and you got to make a statement for yourself or you got to make a name for yourself, you have to get good at something. What are you good at right away? And it, for Dalton Schultz, it was blocking. And I think he stuck with that. How can I get on the field? How can I get noticed? How can I stick around? block my ass off uh once he became the tight end one in 2020 and then really was a tight end one in 2021 uh i feel like his blocking kind of got worse not that he was exposed but it just got worse maybe he didn't work on his craft enough in regards to that i don't know i'm not i'm not saying that he you know he's not a hard worker i'm just saying if you had to dedicate more time to one thing or the other for dalton schultz he probably said Hey, man, contract year, they're not going to give me the big bucks for blocking. They give me the big bucks for catching these uh, passes. So maybe he went out and became a better pass catcher, and, and I thought he did that. I thought he was a phenomenal pass catcher. Uh, great hands, showed some yak ability, not, not really explosive, but enough. He can make you miss, all that, all that good stuff. He's a good tight end. I mean, be real with you. And if I'm keeping it a being, and if I'm you know man enough to say I was wrong on this one, I was all for Blake Jarwin over Schultz two years ago. Come to find out, they should have probably extended Dalton Schultz over Blake Jarwin. And then we wouldn't have this conversation. Maybe you have Dalton Schultz under contract for four years, $22 million, which is nothing. His cap hit right now in regards to Blake is $5 million. Um, but if it was $5 million to Dalton Schultz, it's looked at as a great contract. So 
once again, they picked the wrong guy. They picked the wrong guy. Um, Tom says, Scott, have you ever seen a fan ever buy a jersey of any of Catboy free agent signings? Nope. Not that I could. Maybe, maybe J-Ron Curse. Uh, maybe, do people have J-Ron Curse jerseys? I, I don't know. But now nah, you're right. You're right. The other Catboy free agent is Eric Ebron. And Cowboys Nation, you should be very familiar with uh, Eric Ebron. His name has been brought up a ton over the years as a potential tight end guy since Jason Witten kind of, you know, on the tail end of his career. Again, does he have some talent? Yep. Is he injured? Yep, he injured his knee uh, with the Steelers last year, went on IR to end his season. Will he be cheap? Yep. He was cheap over the last couple years with, with the Steelers. And he's on the, I think he's just on the right side of 30. I got to go check. If not, he might be just 30 or 31. So that might be beyond Catboy's criteria. But Eric Ebron is another guy that I think could come in here as a Catboy free agent and be successful. Is that the way to go? Probably not. He's a veteran athletic tight end that can get vertical, has some yak ability, um, can go up and get the rock. He is a former pro bowler. You know, under another guy that used to play for the Colts, under Andrew Luck, he's a former pro bowler. But if I had to rank of these three, I would put Eric Ebron at the bottom of that list. But remember, we're operating in Catboy's mind. We're not operating in my mind. My guy that I want is at the very, very end of all this. We're not operating under my mind. So how would you feel about an Eric Ebron? Mo Ali Cox, it seemed like you guys would be cool with. What about Eric Ebron? I'd, I'd personally be out, but if they signed him, it's, hey, I get it. It's a cat boy type of move. Uh, someone asked, are we taking calls? Yeah, I'm taking calls. Who is this? Greg, Je- Greg Jefferson. Yeah, Greg, I think that's you on hold. Let me get through this part, Greg, and I'll get to you, brother. I'll get to you. Josh is out on uh, Mo. I'm sorry, not Mo. Josh is out on Eric Ebron. Lauren wants to know who converted more third downs. It's great to have a big play guy, but that guy that constantly converts third downs for you, keep that guy. Uh, I want to say if Coop didn't get injured, he would have been your guy who converted the most first downs. I'm not sure about on third, but yeah, Dalton Schultz was a very reliable tight end in regards to that. But again, there's no offense to Dalton Schultz. I don't think he did anything spectacular. And sometimes you don't need to be spectacular. Just do your job, right? Uh, And he did that very well. I just feel like I can replace that. But you got to be smart about it. Maybe Sean McEwen is that that next guy to, to come under the development of these tight end coaches and be Dalton Schultz, right? It is about to be year three for Sean McEwen. It was year three for Dalton Schultz, right? I saw some good stuff from Sean McEwen in preseason, I mean, he only had one touchdown this year and not many targets, but I'd be interested. I, I, I'd like Sean McEwen to compete if they go Catboy route. If they don't go draft route and they go Catboy route, then Sean McEwen should be allowed to compete with all these dudes. Not saying he beat them, but he should be allowed to compete. And then the final Catboy free agent is a very popular name, uh, and that's O.J. Howard. I'm biased on OJ because you know you play Madden. OJ's, I think he's a he's a freak weapon on there. Six foot six, big dude, fast dude, 251 pounds, 
he's not he's not going to be Gronk in the blocking department, but I feel like, you know, under the right tutelage, maybe he could develop as a blocker a little bit better. But another Catboy criteria, hurt guy throughout his career, his market value is cheap. According to Spot Rack or Spot was a Spo Rack, however you want to Spo Track, $2.2 million is his APY average per year. That's super cheap. That fits well under Catboy. Well under. And honestly, if that's the case, sign me up all day for OJ Howard. Sign me up all day. I think OJ Howard would be phenomenal, healthy in, in, a, in a system like this where every you're paying attention to everything else. You're paying attention to the running back. You're paying attention to Coop these days. You're paying attention to Lamb, right? You got other things to worry about. The tight end gets forgotten. So can I need a guy that can make plays for me from there. And, and O.J. Howard is a yak machine. I mean, he's got 75-yard catches on his resume, 50-yard catches and, and runs on his resume. Big dude, inconsistent. But his first two seasons, he was great. He had 11 touchdowns in his first two seasons in a limited role. When I say limited role, it's because he you know got hurt. Then injuries piling up in those first two seasons, and then Tom Brady came, and he pretty much became um, non-existent because Gron- Gronkowski came aboard. And I'm going to be real with you. I was shocked when OJ Howard became available, not available. When OJ Howard and and Tom Brady became a match in Tampa, I thought he's about to unlock this dude. He's about to unlock this dude. They said, nah, we're good. Cameron Bray, Gronkowski. Those are our guys. We'll sprinkle in a little bit of OJ. So, I haven't done enough research to see why he wasn't featured more down there in Tampa. Maybe y'all know. I don't know. Uh, But I feel like a a change of scenery would help OJ Howard. Where that could be, I don't know. But I think in Dallas, filling in for a guy like Adalton Schultz, you could see a 63 reception type year. Adalton Schultz type year. If Schultz can get you eight touchdowns, OJ could dang get you eight touchdowns. And he might be able to get you those touchdowns from a longer distance. He's a bigger body, too. I'm not saying he's better. I think Dalton Schultz is better, has been better than all these guys uh, over the last two years. He's been one of the better tight ends in the league over the last two years. But I feel like O.J. Howard's potential still, his, it hasn't been hit yet. And in Dallas, I think it could be. How y'all feeling about O.J.? Yeah, Guru, yeah, Cameron Brait and Gronkowski, and Brait's another good tight end too, by the way, but Cameron Brait and Gronkowski were two guys that that were just above O.J. Howard in Tampa. And again, I'm just shocked, though, because I feel like he has, he oozes talent. And I don't know that they used him correctly, if that's, if, it's so weird to say. Tom Brady know how to use tight ends. I thought, personally, he was going to be a Martellus Bennett type. Right? Like, Martellus Bennett played, he played with Gronkowski for one year, had seven touchdowns that year. Something like six or 700 yards as a tight end, too. I, I, I could have sworn it was going to be that way. But when you got A.B., when you got Godwin, when you got uh, Mike Evans and Gronkowski, I can see where he kind of gets lost in the sauce. I see where he gets lost in the sauce. But those are my top three Catboy free agent tight ends. I'm going to take a call here, maybe a couple calls, and then I'll come back to the tight end I'd actually want if they were willing to spend a couple dollars. But let's get into 407. What's up, 407? 
Hey, man, yeah. I, I think you you bring up a lot of good points when it um, comes to having tight ends. One, obviously, thank you for having me on. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, when you guys were talking about Cooper, don't get me wrong, I like Cooper. I really do. I think he does play injured a lot, and I think that affects his game tremendously. Yes, he's always demanding like double coverage, I'm, and I want to keep him. I'm just saying, do you think C.D. Lamb could be obviously better than Cooper? And then in this scenario, you know, Cedric Wilson has been amazing for us, right? So, and I'm not, I'm not trying to like change the seg- the segment, but no, we talked about saying last like week. This. That's fine. Yeah, if we if we let's just say we did, you know, let go of Coop. Not saying I I don't want to keep him, but I feel like I feel like CD would have the same success that Coop has, adding Cedric and then keeping Gallup, and then for tight end sake, I I like Dalton Schultz. I I feel like he he could be a kittle. I feel like that that could definitely be a situation. So I just wanted your opinion on mm, that. That's I mean, a lot. um. The, so, yeah, I know. <laughs> I just, I just feel like, I really feel like, man, um, Omari's good. It's just, I feel like when he's when he plays, it's it's really tough, obviously, to give him the ball. Um, when when you have double coverage all the time with him, but I just feel like CD can draw the same attention for us. So just, just your opinion on that. Sure, he'll he'll draw the same attention because he'll likely be the only receiver worthy of doing so, right? Like, if, if you get rid yeah. of Coop, I'm not doubling Cedric Wilson. I'm not I'm not shading Michael Gallup, who just tore his ACL and who's been hurt guy his career, too, by the way. Uh, I'm I'm kind of out on that, honestly, to be real with you. Um, I, I got my two receivers. Go get me my slot guy in the draft. Uh, I like Cedric Wilson, but he's going to cost you six, seven, eight million dollars. I can go get me a slot mm. guy in the draft, right? Um, I'm not saying that you can't create cap space and bring all these guys back, but one thing that I've learned is that always running it back with the same group of players doesn't work in Dallas, right? Go try to upgrade. The problem in Dallas sometimes is that, you know, those second-tier, third-tier players they get comfortable with and content with, and instead of trying to upgrade the second- and third-tier players, they say, you know what, let's just bring this whole entire situation back and do it again, Mm. where, you know, that didn't work last year, right? So go try to get better. Uh, I don't think mm. that C.D. Lamb is better than Amari Cooper. I think he could get the attention because he'd be the only receiver worthy of that. But but I think those are two different things. If, if, am I making sense? Like no, I think, yeah, I think Coop is I, getting the I, attention I, 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 because he's much better, and he 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 needs that attention. Whereas when it's, when it's Cooper and Lamb, that's who I'm that's who I'm centering against. When it's just Lamb and Cedric Wilson and Michael Gallup, yeah, I'm going to double Lamb. Got it. Got it. I just, I, I think I just hold maybe CD in a in, in little bit of a, hard, a higher regard sometimes, only because I feel like he, I feel like a lot of the times last year um, there was a, a particular play I forgot exactly who it was. I think it was, yeah, I wish I could remember right now, but he was he was open in the end zone. I think it, it might have been against the, the Niners, uh, and then he went to said said instead. Um, Dak went to said instead. But I, I, I'm always seeing CD with his hand up, and then Amari, of course, obviously. Are you talking about the playoff open, game? But, I think it was the playoff game. I think it was the touchdown in the back of the end zone. And I, and oh, to, I to, to say Cooper? It was, it was, no, it was to said. It was to said. It was um so that so maybe I'm I'm, I'm yeah. It I'm couldn't have been that. Games, we only had two touchdowns in that game. Dak ran it in, and then he threw one to Cooper. 
That's right. That's right. So it must have been the game prior. So, but um, I just I. I just I like CD a lot, man, and I feel like I feel like uh, you know Coop obviously gets the attention he deserves, but I feel like CD is just I feel like we can make, we can make a run with him. But as far as tight end, tight end goes, I, I think you had a really good point with um I forgot his name uh, I, don't, I don't have it on the screen, but Molly Cox uh, tight end. Eric Ebron. Oh, Molly yeah, Cox. I think not Cox. I think she's a, I think she's a really good talent. I think Ebron would be just too. Uh, we, we've been dealing with a lot of leg injuries. I, I, I'd rather go with, with, with Cox on, on that on that one, but um, just from your segment. But yeah, I, I, I appreciate it, man. I, I got, yeah, no problem. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, Mo Ali Cox, I, I, you know, listen, I would definitely – I wouldn't be mad if you took him over an OJ because I think he's the best dual tight end on that list. He's a big dude that's a willing blocker, and that's a good blocker, uh, and is also a, a good pass catcher. He's not the most explosive guy on that list at all. In fact, he'd, he'd be last on that list. In regards to in regards to explosive uh, ability, but he he can go up and get the rock too in the end zone, and I'm all yeah. for big targets for Dak. And then and just and just to like well, what my pick would be, and I do got to go in a sec, but um, but uh, just for my pick, you know, I think Tyler Higby is a is a really good tight end, and we all know after after Super Bowl runs, people get let go. Obviously, he just had an injury, but I, I would you know if, if he ends up he has one year left on his contract. Oh, if 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 uh if they end up letting him go, man, I mean, I would, you know, I mean, to my point of obviously injuries, but uh, you know, I think he would be a good grab if they end up letting him go. Yeah, I I don't know what his contract looking like or anything like that, but yeah, I mean, I guess I think you, he has one year in twenty twenty three. They gonna bring him back then. <laughs> they gonna bring. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, he, I mean, he might be a he might be a good grab, but look, I appreciate Scott. I, I listen all the time, man. I appreciate. Thank Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate time with you, man. All right, you take care. You too, man. Thanks for the call. Wow, if if you truly believe that, I forgot to talk to him about that part, um, Schultz can be a Kittle, then you, you sign him back up. I don't know about all that, though. Kittle, arguably the best tight end in football. You know, obviously, you got Waller. Um, you got Kelsey. But when you talk about dual threat tight ends... I don't know if there's a better tight end in the league in regards to being able to block the way he does, catch the way he does, and then get the yak like he does. I mean, the dude runs like a madman. Um, so I don't know how to put him there. Production-wise, I guess he's up there because Schultz has been one of the more productive tight ends the last two seasons. I think it's something like 1,400 yards, uh, 12 touchdowns. So that's pretty damn good. That's really good, actually. I, I just think talent for talent, though. The only way he's going to be a Kittle is if he's featured in the way Kittle is, and I I would never feature a Dalton Schultz in that way. I don't think he's that type of guy. Perfect for a situation like this. If he goes to a Rams, for instance, if he goes to a uh, Bucks with a Tom Brady type of thing, a Cleveland, we're going to leave them out. If he goes to a situation where he's not the guy, he can produce you 73 receptions, 800 yards, 5, 6, 7, 8 touchdowns. I think he could do that, and that's fine. You know, if that's what you want out of the guy. 520. What it is, what it do. What's up, guys? It's Trucker's Life. How you doing? I'm good. Oh, what's up, Trucker's Life? Why do I not have you saved in here? What's up, man? Save. No, I mean, uh, my opinion, I say we, we we find a way to keep cool. Because if any Cowboys fan that want on the, on the field, but we we still had CDs and not have our offense had nothing. Our offense had nothing. We need to 
Jerry Jones just need to shut the hell up and let let's 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 bring back Coop, let's said and Michael Gallup walk. Gallup he too injured, he he spent more time on the sideline than he does on the field. I'm over him, I'm done. I say we draft another receiver in the second or third round. And yeah, keep um, it going. Keep it rolling. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. And this no this has nothing to do with not liking Michael Gallup. I think Michael Gallup is a great person and a really good player. Uh, but he's hurt guy, number one. Number two, I also think he's part product of what we have here in, in the, on this team. Uh, and I got my two receivers. I, I do. I, CeeDee Lamb, Mari Cooper. What, we, don't, we don't need to sign another big name, big price wide receiver. And I'm not even saying high price, $8 million, $9 million is, is that expensive, but I'd rather take that allocated towards the defensive line or secondary or offense somewhere else where it could be used, you know what I mean? As opposed to bringing back a guy who tore his ACL, who's been hurt guy for the last, for his career, really. Um, and that's no knock on, my, on Michael Gallup, but but I'm good. I got my two wide receivers. Yeah, and then the other thing with Dalton Schultz, that last dude comparing him to Kittle, man, that, that's blasphemy. He ain't nowhere near Kittle. Nah. Kittle is a monster with the ball in his hand. That man's like a a running back with the ball in his hands. He moves like a running back. Like, come on, get get that narrative out. But I say we bring in O.J. Howard because he's going to bring something to that, to that passing game. I don't know what the Bucks were thinking by making him their third tight end. That that was a crime in itself. But uh, I know this ain't on subject. But, man, I'm, I'm, I've been watching the Kobe Dean from Georgia – and pairing him with Michael Parsons, man, I think that's going to be nasty if we can do that. Oh yeah, he's that's he's what I'm he, there's there's like three linebackers in here that I'm I'm high on in this early parts of the draft. They won well, first three rounds I'll say, and Kobe Dean is number one. Uh, Chad Muma is probably number three for me, and then obviously Devin Lloyd's cool too. But Kobe Dean is obviously number one. Could you imagine him with Jabril Cox and Michael Parsons? Man, that would be nasty. But yeah, think about that. <laughs> Trust me, I've As been Jesse Holly like to say that makes me football horny. <laughs> but yeah, man, I just I just wanted to give that little nugget real quick, man. I think Don Schultz, yeah, he thanks for what he's done, but hasta la vista, baby. Yeah, I'm with and, you. And yeah, man, we we need to find a way to bring in a a more at least one that's willing to put his head in there and seal off them edges because, man, we, we need some help in that running game too. How it is that we have, they don't they don't like to put their hands on nobody. Well, Malali Cox is your guy. If you're looking for a, a blocking physical tight end, that's your guy right there. Oh, yeah, but I like the way O.J. Howard, I like the way he moves, though. Oh, yeah, O.J., he he's with, a freak. Yeah, with Don Schultz catch and drop. O.J. Howard's going to fight for them extra yards. And yeah. then he can outrun some people, too. Don't show for not running nobody. But I'll let you get back to the show. Just want to stop in and give that little bit. And thanks for shouting out the channel earlier. I heard you. I'm just driving. That's why I just gotcha. put that in and kept rolling. Appreciate you as always, Trucker's Life. Drive safe out there. 
Oh, yeah, definitely, man. You have a good one, and thanks for keeping us truckers entertained and informed. I'm trying, good brother, trying. <laughs> yeah, Nicole B. Dean, man, and, 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 and Michael, Michael Parsons would be amazing. And then you got the young buck, Jabril Cox, who obviously, as my guy says, still got stuff to prove, but talking about traits. And if one thing that I've seen from year one with Dan Quinn is that he can get players to play above expectation, right? Uh, and I feel like the coaching of Dan Quinn and that coaching staff in general, George Edwards too, shout out to George, George Edwards. Uh, I, I, whew. Bro Cox, Nicole Dean, Michael Parsons, go get me a, a free agent, a veteran linebacker. We talked about some of them. I said, who was the one? Quan Alexander was another guy. I said, oh my God, you want to talk about athletic. You, you're not going to be able to run away from that linebacker group. That's one thing you would not be able to do. Uh, JP said, why, why does everyone act like we're so far? I don't think everyone acts like that. Uh, we lost to a good team that played a different brand. They beat the number one seed as well as as well and held them to 10 points. JP, it's not about acting like we're far away. I mean, how many times have we said here, Dallas Cowboys are close talent-wise. That's that's never really been the issue. I, 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 don't, I don't think talent is always the issue here. There's other things at play, JP. And if... if I know you know the things that are at play. You know what I mean? Let, let's, 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 I don't want to go, I don't want to go back and derail the show here, but we 27 years into this thing, JP. Is it shocking that fans are skeptical about the organization? Is it shocking that fans question the organization? How many times have you won multiple playoff games in the last 27 years? I tell you. Zero. That's why people are acting like, as you say, we're so far. Sure, we're not far in the sense of talent, but it's one of those one of those things where it's so close yet so far away. That's how it feels until it's not, and how can it not be? Optimism is cool. Just don't be blind. Don't be blind. My man, set it off, Chris. What up? What's up, man? Hold on, man. Closing the door. Ah, okay. <laughs> Sound like the whole earth was in. I, I didn't think I was going to get on that quick, man. How you feeling, bro? I'm good. I'm good, man. Middle of the week. Hanging out. Good, man. Good, man. Great. Yeah, man. That's how it is, man. Pump day show. Listen, great uh, great show as always. I love how you're uh, assessing everything. And I do, like Trucker Life said, I enjoy the O.J. Howard uh, mindset because with him, you kind of get what you want. You get a guy who is willing to block, a guy who's going to be able to do that. You, you can, and then you can, you can look at with with Blake, find out, you know, give him that year because that year from the ACL is is a huge deal. Yeah. And I think when you know you were just talking about briefly about Nicobe Dean and Jabril Cox and things of that nature, you know, we're expecting Jabril to come back and and play, but he's like another year away from being who he could be. Like him getting hurt when he got hurt killed his momentum the way he could go. And then we can get real messy down the road. If you get a Nicobe Dean or get a Lloyd or, or one of these other, a Muma or one of these other guys, I'm just like last year, um, you said on one of your shows before, you know, you start getting pet cats and you love guys. Yeah, so when we didn't trouble. get Rashawn Slater, yeah, yeah. When you, we didn't get Rashawn Slater, my whole life was was hurt, you were really the only guy, one of the few guys up front that thought Michael was going to be who Michael was, hometown. You had the vibe. Yeah, but I cheated. And he turned that, out to be. That's oh. cheating. I already. Oh, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, that's, 
But as you go through this process with Foots, because y'all doing great work talking about the draft, you start falling in love with guys. Yeah. So uh, me, me and Brandon from Franklin Football, we kind of we, we're doing it, but we kind of trying not to get our emotions into it too early. So we're about to really dive hard into this draft thing. But I think if you do go and assess and get uh, under Kobe Dean, get Jabril a year from a year from his injury, then you can get real messy with this thing with Demarcus Lawrence. This thing with about Amari Cooper, that's not even up for debate. Because if anybody who's been, who's listening to this show is part of Cowboy Nation, you remember those eight games uh, when Michael Gallup was a, a rookie and the eight games that we had <laughs> no passing game when we mm. lost to the Texans down there in Houston. And the passing game was absolutely terrible. And then you turned around and got Amari Cooper, which you basically gave a first-round draft pick for. Yeah, We're sitting here fussing and talking about a guy that we gave a first-round draft pick up for and within two years or three years from si- of, of that deal, two years. you're talking about getting rid of him. Yeah, yeah two years. It makes talking no about, sense. Oh, we, we don't need him. Yeah, it makes no sense. But I, I think the guy who's on the hot seat, and you've done a show on it, and it was, it was a great show. The guy who's on the hot seat is really killing oh, yeah. in this offense. When you're, when, you're last, when you're one of the top, bottom three teams in the league with movement and motion, and you look at those six, first six games and all the motion and all the movement and all the creativity you had, he's the guy's on the hot seat. And you're just trying to figure out who said, hey, Rain got hurt, and we're going to stop moving people around to the point we're just going to go back to the, the, you know, the Garrett, Linehan, where our guys are better than your guys. We're not going to move you around type thing. Whoever did that, that's the guy that needs to be stoned. I ain't talking about fire. I'm talking about stoned biblically. Yeah. That's what I want because it, it, it reminds me when it comes to these defenses, Arizona and, and the Niners, they both came out and said almost similar things. They said, yeah, we, we knew what they were going to do, so we just had to throw different looks at it, and we, we thought we'd be fine. Like, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but that's essentially what Buda Baker said. And that's essentially what I forget who the defender from the Niners came out and talked about it. They knew that the Dallas Cowboys weren't going to do anything out of the ordinary. They weren't going to do anything. And I'm not saying be tricky, but anything creative. It was very stale game plan. And as long as they show slight, uh, something different pre and post snap, it would take Dak off of a read that he needed to make that they practice on or we don't know if they practice on, and there really was no no alternative outlet. So, I, you know, they, he needs to tweak the system. We like you said, we did a whole show on it. It need to tweak it. Dak and Kelly need to sit down and figure this thing out because they're not going anywhere. So, yeah, yeah, they, I mean, they're they're really not going. They, well, we know they're not going anywhere. You're gonna push the button on 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 Rain's, you know, uh, contract, which you definitely not. He's not going anywhere. No. And and people on the hot seat and all that, you know, all all I care about, man, is can we get a double digit win season again? Because we haven't done that in over, haven't done that over ten years. I'm fifty. I, don't, I can't even remember the last time we had back to back years when we had double digit wins. And that's what I care about. And that was moves you so to the next step, the next place. That's uh, the last time. Yeah, yeah, 607. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. Man, my kids. And all my kids were in like middle school. But I mean, that's a long Sad, time man. ago, man. It's a long time. And, and that that's. That's a long, long time. But at the end of the day, man, great, great show. Uh, I love the assessment of the tight ends. I, I, the O.J. Howard one, I didn't know he was coming off that, and I think that's a resurgence. You can put him on a two-year you know, two year deal. Because my, my problem is when you put a guy like that on a one-year deal, he comes here he and plays with a competent team. He busts out, and now you can't really – I'm going to bring him back because now I'm two years – I'm three years into – 
Jarwin's deal, and if I want to keep him and then McEwen's got another year and then I can draft another guy, if we're gonna be if we're gonna be penny pinching, you know, we're gonna be penny pinching Jerry or you know, penny pinching Stevens, putting him to a two year deal, bring him in, that that would probably be the, the move I would make. I, I would love OJ Howard because I would, he I would, would be he would be an absolute absolute steal, man. But listen, man, as always, I'm gonna listen to the show, man. Everybody smash the like button. We sitting here listening to all this great content this guy's for now, man. And and I see every day I come in here, we're under we're under 150, man. Yo, hit that like button, bro, until we can get this thing going in the algorithm, man. Great show. We'll talk soon, bro. Thanks, brother. Appreciate you. We'll get this thing growing. We'll get this thing growing. Uh, yeah, I, I think OJ, and I still think the Cowboys, because they're not. I don't think they're going to bring back Schultz, so, and they do have two tight ends in town. I totally get that. Blake Jarwin and Sean McEwen. I still think they need to bring in a third one, um, and Sean McEwen could be your, your tight end three if you want him to be. But an O.J. Howard and Blake Jarwin combination, I think, would be fantastic. They both can stretch the seams. They both have some yak ability. One is extremely more athletic. Um, y'all know me. I like Blake. I still think Blake can be is a solid tight end in this league, and I don't think his contract is an albatross. Uh, and you could. I would do exactly what set it off Chris said. If I'm going to bring in an O.J., Ebron, one year. Cool. O.J., he got potential. So I would at least do a two-year deal. And if, if his market value is right, it's 2.2, maybe a two two year, three, six million dollar deal. And if he hits after year one, you look to maybe extend then. But um, I think he could be good in this system. One hundred percent. He can help you out, I should say, in this system. Uh, let me get the I see five oh one here, which I believe is Allen or Mems Allen. I was going to answer your question, but now that I got you on a horn. What's up, man? What's going on, Sky? How you doing this morning? I'm good, brother. Man, I'm a first-time caller. Welcome to the show, man. Welcome to the show. Glad to be here. Hey, man, I just got a couple of questions. First of all, you know, if we let Gallo go, what type of receiver would you like to see us bring in for the outside threat? My opinion, I would like somebody similar to, like, a faster version to offset, to open up the offense a little bit more. As well, I would like to see OJ, but I don't think they will bring him in. I think they would go with like either a more veteran type of tight end to bring in to help with more blocking because that was what was missing off the offense. Yes, Schultz was good, but I don't see us bringing him back. But the bigger picture that we need is more consistent with the offense as well as the offensive line. I would like to see them bring in Lyle back to guard and slide back in our other tackle and solidify and bring in Linderbaum as your center. And that would solidify your offensive line like we used to be back and get back to our identity of running the ball that open up the pass. Yeah, I would love that too. Uh, Lyle at guard, you get Linderbaum at center, still at right tackle. Uh, you're probably bringing back – Tyron Smith in that instance, then yeah, I mean let's boogie in it. But you still need a, you still need a swing. Tyron Smith going to miss your games, probably five or six games. That's just how he does it. So so sign a swing tackle and let's figure this thing out. I probably will still draft a tackle uh, later in, in in the rounds and see what you can get. But um, let me try to let me try to answer your question. You said what type of receiver would I bring in on the outside? I got him on the team already. His name is C D Lamb. He's on my team. 
You know what I mean? I, I just literally put him out there as a Z, and he can move around, too, to play the X, and he can go in the slot. So he's technically more versatile than a Michael Gallup. Uh, so I, I wouldn't do anything extraordinary. I would literally just move him outside. Now, as for the slot, I haven't went through the wide receivers just yet. I only really focused on one guy, and that was by accident. I was in my doing some research, and I stumbled across Sky Moore, and I said this last week. If you're looking for a slot receiver, there's your guy right there. And I'm early into this thing, so so don't kill me, Cowboys Nation, if there's other guys that y'all love in that slot. But me, go look up Sky Moore, and you'll fall in love with him. I'm nope. trying not to, but, man, he could be a phenomenal addition to this team on the inside, and he has some versatility. In fact, he would allow you to move around Coop inside. He'd allow you to move around uh, C.D. Lamb. You, you could put these guys everywhere. Will Kellen do that? Probably not. He ain't that creative. But he can do all those things. Right, right. I'm going to have to look him up and get I'll more look him into up, brother. it. But I did look at a couple of other receivers, though, like Chris Olave from Ohio State. See, that's a first-round guy, though. wide receiver. That's another top guy. I don't know where Sky's going to go. Maybe somebody could tell me. And, again, I'm early in this thing. But I assumed you could get him after day one, where you're talking about guys that potentially could go day one, early day two. And, you know, I, I'm not ready to spend a day two, a day one pick on a receiver unless you get rid of Cooper, obviously. Um, I'm, I'm still a little hesitant on day two. I'm not really sure yet. I'm going to say day two, I mean second round. I'm not sure yet about a receiver in second round. Uh, so I'm more so looking at worst the second round, but I'm looking third round and beyond, if I'm being completely honest with you. But if Sky's a second okay. round guy, I might have to jump. Receivers is because I feel like it's going to be a run with the quarterbacks and plus the offensive linemen going, and it's going to slide some of those receivers down to you at 24. Right, but what I'm saying, I don't know I want to take a receiver in the first round. Right. Yeah. Okay, well, I, I appreciate you taking my call, man. You have a good one, man. I'm going to let Cowboy Nation get in and chime in more. So I appreciate you, man. And not only that, man, I appreciate everything that you do, man. And you have one of the best content out here on YouTube. Thank you, brother. That's heavy, man. Appreciate the call, brother. Call in again. All right, no problem. Hey, Gilbert, we were talking about Sky Moore last week on this channel. Uh, and it wasn't Jeff that I got that from. It actually, my man that put me on, who I saw talking about him in Cowboys Nation was Tuck. I wouldn't say put me on, but he was talking about him first. Um, and that's what kind of made me stumble into Sky as I was looking at offensive linemen, to be honest with you. And I was like, let me see what he's talking about. And I was like, oh, let me go look at this guy. Uh, so we're not, we're not, I'm not, I'm not trying to regurgitate my guy Jeff's report. <laughs> we were already talking about Sky on here. And, and a lot of people are going to be talking about him because he's that dude. He's good. So get ready. Get ready for this dude. And somebody said he might run a 4-2? Sheesh. If he runs a 4-2, right, will he even make it to the second round? That'd be crazy. All right, man, let me get a couple more in here. We got to get out of here in the next 10 minutes. So if you want to get in here, make it fast. Make it snappy. Uh, What's up, Los? Good morning, Scott. Good morning. I'll make it fast, man. All right, I'm trying to get some breakfast in, you know, do the fans. But you're onto something about that tight end with O.J. Howard. I can see him as an Alden Smith type of player, as a one-year, two-year type of deal, like you said. And it, it, it would help Dak a lot because how he likes to drive down the field methodically 
and it will help in the weakness where we had last year, which is the red zone. Because you said, like, OG's Howard, like, 6'5", six, 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 you know, you can throw it up and just give him a chance, right? But And if we don't get, like, a free agent, I would look to maybe drafting in the fourth or fifth round and maybe to build off. Because, you know, Will McClay, that's one thing the Cowboys are blessed to have is a GM like Will McClay to find talent out of nowhere. He found Dalton. Exactly. Now, if I'm managing this team, as I said, the only two pieces, offense and defense, I'm keeping, I'm trying to keep, and one special teamer is Gregory Cooper and that punter anger. And in honesty, this is a time Cowboys have to prove they know what they're doing because we're now in compete now mode, right? We're not in to rebuild. Or you would anything. think, you know, Los, you would think, but if you're getting rid of two of your best players, then uh, my hands are up. I don't know what you're doing anymore. And they don't even know what the hell they're exactly. doing if they do that. Exactly, and that's that's kind of like they have to prove to me with those moves because it's going to be up to up to them to dictate the draft and free agents they add. And in honesty, you just can't keep them all, you know. So there is going to be some players that we have loved and grew up like liking here in Dallas that we're going to just have to say goodbye, you know. And who knows, they might have a better career. I mean, you saw Woozy; he at least got to the Super Bowl. So picking the Super that. Yeah, and. And, yes, I know curse is off this list, but I'm basing it off the hopes of the Cowboys. And and I'm going to leave you with this, Scott. Um, I just I just want to make fun of Jerry Jones real quick, all right? Is that cool? Can I get a minute? Uh, all right. I want me some glory hope. Go ahead. <laughs> no problem. I'm not going to do his voice, but I'm going to do my little twist, all right? <clears throat> now, my name is Forrest Gump. Now, I'm Alabama star that almost got recruited by the University of Kansas. Now, this is how I met Jimmy and Jerry. Now, when I met Jimmy, he was a great guy. He talked about zone this, zone that, running it up the gut, and punching a gorilla in the mouth. I don't know he ever did that. But Jerry, he always wanted to be better than Jimmy. I always believe that because when Jimmy said he planned to cat coach the NFL one day, well, Jerry up in there said, well, son, I'm going to own one one day. Always trying to up front Jimmy. Now, a few years later, Jimmy was the College of Miami. And Jerry bought the team called the Dallas Cowboys. He fired the coach with the hat and everything. Anyway, everyone knew he needed a coach because even I knew he didn't know anything about football. <laughs> and all I knew was running. So, well, Jimmy, of course, he, he who do you call? Well, Jimmy. I would love to play football if it was Jimmy. I mean, he was a good coach. Well, the rest is history. They won two Super Bowls, and then someone in Dallas gave all the credit to Jimmy. And Jerry didn't like that very much, so he fired him. So they really haven't done a whole lot after that. But like my mama said, you just can't fix stupid with that Jerry boy. <laughs> and that's all I can say about that. Bruh. Thank you, Lowe's. He's mad. Yo, Lowe's don't care that about these voices. He said, I'm going to do my voices, bro. I, I don't even, I don't have words. I, yeah. Just let Jerry talk. I don't like your attitude. Nah, I like your attitude, Los. <laughs> I want all Forrest Gump on us. Woo. We got all kinds of shrimp. Let me get to some more. Uh, thank you, Los, as always, brother. You're great. Uh, Reek, real quick, Mel, and I think we're going to get out of here. What's up, Reek? Yeah, it was good. 
was good, Sky. It was good, Cowboy Nation. Like, share, subscribe, and all that good stuff, and pound that like button, huh? Uh, what I got to say is this, man. I don't know if it's just me, but, I, you know, I, I, I heard some good some uh, good news last night that Mike McCarthy is exciting for Mike McCarthy again, and he got his nutsacks back. Uh, and uh, he he could throw his nuts on the back of his uh, on the back of his truck again and ride down the street and let him hang, because uh, he ain't going for the BS no more. You know, what I mean, he he know uh, he he getting uh, threats by the ownership. He they gonna get him up out of here. So hey, why not go for the gusto, man? Uh, and I respect that. You know, speak your mind. Let me, uh, let me, let me tell you this. Is, I don't know that he got his nuts back, but he he got a little bass in his voice now. I will say that. <laughs> he put a little bass well, in his chest. His chest poking out yeah, a little bit more. Like he ain't going right for the BS. Right, right. Yeah, because he had to. He had, you know, he had to go. He had to uh, hit that. Uh, he had to hit that flashback. Like, hold on, I used to kick y'all behind when I was in Green Bay. Who yeah. you talking to, player? You know, yeah. I respect that. Uh, but what I gotta say, far as tight is, yeah, OJ Howard, he sounds good because he's got a. He has a championship pedigree. He he know what it takes. He was a part of a championship team, a Super Bowl winning team, and you see how it was done by uh, the GOAT, Tom Brady. Uh, so he could bring some more, bring some experience because that's a big thing that people fail to realize. We can get all these draft picks, but it's like who's who's in the kitchen helping the, helping the, uh, helping these coaches cook? You, you you still need coaches on the field with you while you're out there playing. And uh, my whole thing is like this. Um, I would like to address the offensive line. Go get me a uh, go get me a guard or a center. Um, and me personally, we can find a linebacker later. If, if it's between uh, a good lineman or that that big boy from uh, Georgia, the uh, who Jordan uh, Davis. the Jordan kid? Yeah, somebody asked yeah. me that last week. They said Scott Jordan Davis or or Nicobe Dean. I said I ain't gonna hold you, bro. What? If Jordan Davis is there, I, I, I'm hard pressed to say no. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We 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 need somebody that can hold two two blocks and push the pile, and he'll free Micah up. Shit, he taking two blocks with him to the back to the backfield. That's what I'm saying. Hmm. And all thing we gonna need is a tackling machine linebacker that can cover just a little bit. Because I think I think I think which yeah yeah I watched a little bit of him. He's good. Mm-hmm. I see. And, and I really believe I'm praying. I'm praying to the football guys. I'm praying that Gabriel Cox come back full, clean bill of health, and we get to see him. And he does his damn thing out here this nature. But they got to get a big boy in the middle, man. If we can get a big boy in the middle with, with uh, Diggy Zua and uh, uh, the Gala Monster, Gallimore, yeah. man, man we're a ton of league up, man. And, you know, I ain't going to hold you. I really believe – that we might, if we end up losing either Gregory or what you call it, or, uh, Lawrence, we need a big dog in the middle. You know what I mean? We need a big dog in the middle. We need to go to free agency, man, and probably get somebody or try to grab a speed guy. And we need a kick return, dude, man. We need a kick. We need a speed receiver, man. We really do, yeah, man. Yeah, we've been clamoring but, for a speed guy for a while. But, hey, dog, pre- appreciate you as always, Rick. All right, man. I'll let y'all, man. Y'all make sure y'all hit that that, that like button for Sky, man. Quit playing. Peace, <laughs> my man. Uh, see, I'm, I'm, I'm. I, stop asking me about Jordan Davis. I'm biased. I'm biased. 
I'm not even gonna lie to you. I fell for the trap last year on him. Um, won't see me complaining. Now I get it. the The positional value is a no no, right? Like, don't take a one tech. You don't take that in the first round. I get it. I get it. I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad if they pass him because I've I told you I'm not coming into these things, falling in love with these guys, and then getting pissed off. Just like the guy, really a whole lot. And I think he'd be, whew, I think he'd be great with a Michael Parsons behind him, a Demarcus Lawrence and a Brady Crowe. But um, I totally, completely understand how one tech is, is not a great positional value to take in round one in 2022. I get it. God, man, in that middle of that defense, he'd be a damn rock. He'd be a rock. And I don't, and, and that's the thing. I'm not looking for a three tech. I'm not saying you pass on one. I damn sure ain't looking for one early because I feel like let's not forget Osa. I feel like Osa is a beast. I feel like he's I think he's going to overtake Neville. Uh, then you got Neville right who going going into his third year, getting his grown man strength. I think Neville, a healthy Neville and Osa, I'm good on three techs literally for the next three to four years. Um, early, if I'm going to take one, I take one later. When it comes to Tristan Hill, whatever with that guy, we'll talk about the 2019 draft class at some point. In, in this offseason, but whatever with Tristan, I'm uh, whatever. That's how I feel about him. Don't like him. Don't hate him. Whatever. Uh, I, I Let me get to Mel. And then I know Daryl want to get in here, but I don't know what your number is, bro. You got to let me know. What's up, uh, Mel? What up, King? What up? What up, King? Man, uh, can I talk about McCarthy? Yep, yep. The, it was a, It's a scene in the movie Straight Outta Compton where Dre and Suge Knight is having differences on the direction of death row. And and Suge is uh shooting at people. They doing they doing some crazy stuff in the studio. And Dre says to Suge, We death row. I don't know what the this ish is. <laughs> I feel like that's what McCarthy was saying in that interview. I'm about winning. I'm about football. I don't know what the F this ish is. It's like, bro, are we doing football? Are we doing meat? You know, and he said it numerous times. Well, I get every landscape in the in the NFL is different. And what he really saying is, this situation over here is probably more unique than I really gave it credit for. And he said, Jerry's the Jerry's the, the owner and the GM. So he, he, he put those two sentences back to back, basically saying there's no other situation in the NFL where you see this type of organizational structure. All you need so now, when you all you need now, Mel, huh? is somebody to, an owner to come out and say, if you don't want your owner all in the videos, videos. meddling <laughs> with the free agents, telling you what you gotta do. Come to death row. That's all you need. That's all you need to complete that to complete that visual right there. <laughs> Man, because and I, I feel like I honestly listening to it, I damn near felt bad for McCarthy because yeah. I know he was like it was it was almost like I, I really didn't fully and, and and although he should have fully understood, but you never know a real situation until you get into it yourself. Right. And I feel like he just fully – and I'm going to tell you something else that really hit hit me in that, and I'm going to let you go on those other people want to get on and you want to get off. But one thing that really, really hit me is when he said, I envy Dan Quinn. 
He said, I envy Dan right, Quinn right. that he still gets to do what he fell in love wants with. To, what he fell in love with. And basically, he was saying to what, how I took it was, man, I almost have no input in this offense the way this organization is yep. structured. Great, great. That's almost how that came across to me. Like, I have no input. I'm basically, the, he said, I'm the leader of this football team. You know, I'm a fall on the sword. But what I'm really, really good at, I've been completely stripped of. That's the way I took it. No, you're 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 absolutely right. And I didn't play that part. That's why I said people, you got to go back and listen to this interview. Some people think, some people are saying, well, I didn't hear anything that's surprising, or I didn't hear anything that, sure, none of this is surprising, but what I think is a bit kind of like, damn, is the fact that he's saying these things publicly, where the previous guy had all this same, this same situation under him, literally, because Kellen Moore was there, he just didn't come out publicly and say it because he understood the Joneses, right? The Joneses is, is, is like his, his father figure type, their family, where McCarthy don't got no family ties to these dudes. So if you try to sully my name publicly, hold up. Let me come out here and tell you what it really is. But you're absolutely right. When he said that to me, I was like, damn. He's basically saying, Dan, because I think he said something like, Dan Quinn is doing what allowed him to get the head coaching opportunities. And that's calling yeah. the plays and running the defense and things like that. And when you said that, when he said that, I'm jealous. Jealous? You, you don't hear coaches talk like that. And the only reason why he's doing that, Mel, is because your freaking owner put him in that position. Name me another put him team. Put in that position. Name me another team where that happens. Don't worry. Well, the I'll landscape wait. for every organization <laughs> is different. <laughs> it's, 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 it's unfortunate, man, but, hey, man, you know, we love who we love, bro. We, we in it. It doesn't matter. We in it. Oh, but, man, yeah. I'm going to let you go. Toxic relationship. Um, man, great show as usual. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm not really big into the draft until after the draft, and then I kind of go look, but I'm still yeah. checking out, and I'm getting the information as you're giving it to us, man. So I appreciate it, bro. I hear you, man. Appreciate you, Mel. If you want to check out draft content, man, Jeff is your guy, Vach, uh, Foots. Uh, those, those are your draft guys at, right now in the community is what I'm talking about. In the community, obviously, Dane Brugler, the draft show, DallasCowboys.com, things like that, um, to kind of get you started. Uh, and as we ratchet up here towards draft season, we'll start. In fact, I'm thinking about getting getting somebody from the dot-com on this week, if not this week, next week, to talk more draft. But I'm trying to space this thing out because we got a long way to go. We haven't even went through uh, the combine yet, which I hope the combine is in Dallas next year. That would be pretty dope. I know my man Shap said, you know what, I'm going to just finish these because Shap said he wanted to get up in here. What's up, man? Long time no speak, brother. What up? What's going on, man? What up, Skywalker? What's going on, buddy? How you doing, buddy? It's been a long time, brother. Yes, it has. Yes, it has. How you been, man? I'm good. How are you? What you got for the show? Oh, you know, I'm staying blessed. I called and checked in on you and see how you been because I see you uh, rocking with a new... uh, 
company and everything. I love everything, man. Yes, you know, indeed. I've been watching you from afar, even though I've been working a lot and hadn't had time to call in and That's holler right. at you and check with you and all that. But, you know, I keep up with you, homie, and I love you. You know, I just want to give some love and see what you think about all these uh, draft players and what's going on with the Dallas Cowboys. What's, you know, what your thoughts are and this, that, and the other. Uh, what do you think about that Jalen Tolbert uh, from the South Alabama, that wide receiver? Yeah, see, I, or uh, Sky Moore, like you were talking about, yeah. or maybe uh, there's another guy called Damian Harris. Harris is another wide receiver from, I think, is uh, Memphis or something like that. Yeah, I got to get into the lab on the rest of the receivers. I haven't, I haven't even gotten there yet. I've been on offensive line, defensive line, uh, and then Sky Moore just snuck in there. And it's not because his name is Sky, yeah. so I'm not going to fake the funk here. I don't have reports yeah. or opinions on the rest of the wide receivers just yet, so I, I, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. So. Yeah. Well, you think they're going to keep Amari? What do you think? I think they need to keep Amari, uh, Daryl. I honestly don't know well, what they're going to do right now. I mean, according to to some insiders, apparently they're leaning towards keeping both, but I, I another insider said they were thinking about cutting both, so who knows anymore? We should know, though, in the next month. Let me say this. I mean, my opinion, if you do that, you why would you even trade a first round in the first place? Totally that agree. don't make no sense. 100%. That's, uh, two, that's two steps backwards, okay? You say you're an organization about winning championships in football and, and, and winning period, right? Mm-hmm. Okay? So let's let's go there with that, okay? That's number one. Let's... We need to share this part right here with me, okay? You about winning games? You about winning championships? You keep your number one receiver that you traded a first-round pick for, okay? And then sign him to an extension. And then what you do, yeah, then what you do is you turn around and you go in the draft and you draft you an offensive lineman if that's what you need to do, either an offensive guard slash that knows how to play tackle or you go get you Nicobe Dean, a trill boy that's going to be a souped-up supercharger. Go get a number one hitter like Michael Parsons, you know. And that boy wild out like I was telling Law this season because I got that boy's jersey from Law Nation. Let me put it to you like that. That boy's a boss. And if you want to win more than 12 games, you want to have a shot at a championship this this year, you better do that instead of doing what you're doing, talking about getting rid of people that are a number one receiver that helps you win games and help Dak win games, even though Dak can win probably with an, without Amari, but he has a better chance with Amari than without Amari. Absolutely. So, in my opinion, you need to keep Amari if you're smart. If you're dumb, you get rid of him, and that's two steps back. And in my opinion, that's a no go. That's a no conversation with me 100%. because I'm still going to rock with my Cowboys. But that's just, in my opinion, not a very smart move. You think you, you about winning championships? You keep your boy. I agree okay? with you. I agree with you, Shap. Pr- appreciate you calling in, man, and love the passion as always, man. Yay, I love you, and I just want to, you know, you fan to me, and keep rocking your thing, brother, and I'll call in next time you have another live show. Thanks, man. Appreciate you, dog. Shap said, I'm getting it all out there. I appreciate it. Yeah, he been, he been, he been listening since since I've been uh, doing this, really, since about 2020, early 2020. So I appreciate you, Shap. 
Uh, let's get to the final one, man. Eight, three, two. What it is? What it do? Eight, three, two. Houston. Going once. Going twice. So to the chat. So to the chat. I see y'all in here fussing on 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 these drafted players. See, this is exactly why I don't fall in love with any of these damn players, especially at twenty four, because so many and even in the second round what is it 56 we're picking in the second round because there's so many guys that are going to get drafted prior it's hard to narrow it down um i've actually tried to narrow it down to positions as opposed to certain players um and then obviously you don't want to fall you don't want to fall into that y'all love this player trap because then when they don't get picked now you're pissed off or whatever i think there's going to be a good player at 24 dallas shouldn't mess this up at 24 if they don't get the guy you want, I don't think that necessarily means it's a it's a it's a bad guy. If that makes sense, it's a bad player. So you know, they can go a multitude of ways aside from maybe wide receiver, quarterback, running back, and I'd be like, cool, because I'd understand it. Uh, maybe tackle. I don't I don't know. If you're going to keep Tyron tackle in the first round, I'd be like, yeah. But other than that. Hey, man, everything's pretty much on the board, depending on the talent that falls to you. Uh, So I'm not trying to fall in love with these dudes, but I still got a lot of homework to do, man. There's so many players. I'm not even going to study all the players. I'm going to try to stay between the top like 100 or so picks. And I'm not even going to study 100 players, but I'm going to try to stay in that that frame where it makes sense for Dallas. Right. Um, So that once we do get around draft, I'm not sure if we're going to do a show. We have an understanding of, of who was being picked. And then once we do pick them, we go all the way in. We go all the way in. But, hey, man, I, I, listen, I learn from y'all, too. So make sure in the comments, when I see the comments, I mean, after the shows, uh, Twitter, Facebook even, you drop the players that, that you're interested in, that you think Dallas would be interested in. Listen, guys like Kyle Hamilton, you know, not happening. Love them, but not wasting my time. I know what the dude is. I love the dude. I think he'd be great. I jokingly said trade up for him, but that won't happen. So guys like that, we're not. I'm not even going to go all in on. Uh, but it's going to be more of the realistic folk in that about 17, 15 to end of the first round, and then obviously the second day two picks, day three picks uh, that we'll focus on. All right. Tom said, Scott, I've had a dollar for every time I said Dallas shouldn't mess this up. They don't They don't mess up the first round that often. I mean, I know we get pissed off about Taco. And we get pissed off about uh, Mo, Mo Claiborne. I could argue LVE too, but I mean, they pretty much hit in the first round. So I, I, I trust Will McClay 100% in that first round. Hell, sometimes they get lucky. They want it. And, and I think that Joe Horn... Or Sertan would have been a very good pick. Obviously, Sertan is on the all-rookie team. But they got Micah. Um, C.D. Lamb falls to you. Trayvon Diggs falls to you. So, you know, they know how to pick them. I, I'm not too worried about, about picking picking the guys in the draft. The draft, I'm I'm good. Is there anything else that I feel like they're going to mess up, Tom? I, I feel like they mess up the free agency. I feel like they don't, they don't get into the trade market. That stuff bugs me. Because if you go look at... All the championship teams, they do those things. They do them well, or they at least try to do it, period. You know? So that's what Dallas needs to get better at is free agency and the trade market. 
And the problem is they were so damn good shopping at Dollar General last year that you know Steve is going to be like, aha, it worked. It worked. Let's go get this bag and go load up that family dollar again. All right. Put you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Got to get this dude out of here. Who is this? Absolutely not. Hey, hey, do, do, yeah, do your thing. Do your thing, Steve. He out of here, out of here. Don't just hide him. He get him out of here, out of here. But hey, appreciate you guys calling in today, all the donations and everything. This was a great, great show. I told you, I knew it was going to be uh, passionate because of the McCarthy stuff and then what we do at tight end. We're going to continue. We're going to continue down the 2018 class. I think we've went through Dorrance already. We went through said we went through Gallup for the most part. Um, we went through now Dalton Schultz. We got a few more to get to. I think we did LVE too, right? Uh, we got a few more to get to and, and we'll finish up the 2018 class and start to maybe shift our focus um, towards the 2019 class just to kind of review on what they did. Is there anyone worthy of extending things like that? And in the middle of all this, again, like I always said, we'll try to sprinkle in the draft talk because we're basically in draft season now. All right. We're basically in draft season right now. So appreciate you guys joining me every morning the way you do. If you missed it, if you're late to the party, run it back. But as I like to say, though, man, it's always funner when you're here live. Live, we have a good time, man. You get to hear our guy Los do the crazy Jerry Jones. Get your damn act together. You know, it, it, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. So make sure y'all tune in every morning, man. We here around 8.15, 8.30-ish on A to Z. And my guy in the nighttime, in the evening time, uh, Mauricio Rodriguez is always rocking out uh, about 8 p.m. Central, A to Z Sports prime time so make sure y'all check that out too appreciate you stevie mac appreciate you professor O. which by the way I gotta, i'm a rap to you i gotta get you one of those i gotta get you one of those things for here because i appreciate you being here every morning as well um and press this button let's get out of here great calls today great stuff uh yeah it's cool stevie white <laughs> it's cool it's cool y'all rock y'all the best love y'all make sure y'all check out a to z sports dallas.com for all the latest and greatest um, in regards to the Dallas Cowboys. And stay tuned, man. We'll try to continue to make this thing grow. And do me a favor. If you haven't yet, hit the like button, share this thing, and subscribe. You got to keep growing. All right? We out of here. Peace. I want me some glory hope.